they say, you know, we hear about like micro influencers, right? People that have like 10 to 50,000 followers. And then more recently, they talk about nano influencers, people that have like between 1,000 and 10,000 followers. And you start to look around. It's like, wow, we have employees that have that. We have people following us on Instagram that have that. We have, you know, customers that might have that. And you begin to look around, you see that really that, that influence is everywhere. And it's, you know, sometimes it's a lot easier to tap into than people might think. When I say the words influencer marketing, you probably think of the big names, celebrities, if you will, such as Kylie Jenner or Miranda Kerr or even Jamie Oliver. But the fact is, influence in marketing can come from a range of different people and styles. And to be honest, you might have more influence yourself than you think. Today's guest has written the book on influencer marketing, and you're going to love his insight in today's show. So let's get into it. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day guys, welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is episode 145 and I'm your host, Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing. And what I wanna do is to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. That's my mission, that's my goal. That's why I do this podcast each and every week. For you guys. And before we get into today's show, I would love to encourage you to please, if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast before, please leave a rating and a review on the Apple Podcast Store. I'd really appreciate that. Um, I'm on a bit of a push right now to get some more reviews on the podcast. And if you've enjoyed this show and haven't yet left a review, I'd really appreciate if you would go and do that for me right now. Thank you very much. I'm happy to wait, press pause, go and do that. Thank you. And a quick mention as well, because I want to help you do better video marketing for your business. And really the best way to do that is to join my brand new Engage Video Marketing Academy, which you can try out right now for 14 days for just $1. Yep, just $1 for 14 days. So through the Academy, I share trainings, resources, inspiration, and the community that I'm building to help you grow your video marketing for your brand. You'll have the opportunity for one-to-one deep dive sessions with me, and you'll join our monthly live group coaching calls each and every month. So take a look for yourself and see what the Academy has to offer by joining the 14-day trial right now for just $1 at engagevideomarketing.com slash academy trial. That link again, engagevideomarketingacademy.com slash academy trial. Okay, so my guest today is Neil Schaefer. Now, Neil is a leading authority on helping businesses through their digital transformation of sales and marketing through consulting, training, and development and execution of social media marketing strategy, 
influencer marketing and social selling initiatives. He's the president of the digital marketing agency PDCA Social, and he also teaches digital media at a number of universities around the world. He's fluent in Japanese and Mandarin Chinese. There's a fun fact for you. And he's a popular keynote speaker invited to speak on digital media in over a dozen countries. He's also an author of four books on social media, including Maximize Your Social, and he's just recently published a book called The Age of Influence, which came out in March 2020, and the definitive data-driven playbook for influencer marketing that he says marketers have been waiting for. So in this episode of the podcast, we're going to be exploring with Neil the role that influencer marketing has in business today and that it's a whole lot more than just celebrity endorsements. We'll be unpacking what makes an influencer an influencer anyway, and how you might have more influence than you actually think. We'll explore the idea of micro and nano influencers, and how small businesses can capitalize on an influencer strategy that doesn't need to involve the big guys. And we'll be ruminating on where this thing called influencer marketing is headed over the next few years. This is a really interesting chat. Neil seriously is deep into this stuff, so I had to get him on the show. So I can't wait to get into it. Here's my chat with Neil Schaefer, author of The Age of Influence. Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ben. I'm excited to get into this conversation with you today because I think for a lot of the listeners of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, they have heard the term influencer marketing bandied about for, for years, really. They're probably not something that they're particularly doing themselves or that they've had a lot of direct experience with. But I think where we're going to get to in this conversation is going to open some people's eyes up to exactly what influencer marketing is and you're the expert on this and you've written the book about it, which we'll get to later as well. But for people that haven't heard of Neil Schaefer before, can you fill us in on your story? So what do you do and, and what led you into your focus on, on influence today? Sure. I've been in the marketing industry as a consultant, speaker, author, uh, you know, teaching some of this stuff to executives at universities. I've been doing this for about a decade now. My experience before social was actually in technology, sales, marketing, and biz dev. And um, yeah, I actually started blogging back in 2008. And it was about LinkedIn because that was the only social networking site that professionals were on at the time. And that led to my writing my first book on LinkedIn in 2009 and starting to speak locally here in Southern California. And then I'll never forget in January of 2010, I had four different companies reach out to me, all looking for help with social media and, and marketing and not knowing what to do. <laughs> so that's where I decided, because I don't have an agency background, I decided to start a consultancy and really help businesses through strategy and training when it comes to social and digital media marketing. And I've just continued to do that for the last 10 years. Ended up writing three more books. So I, I wrote another book on LinkedIn, but this one very much for sales and social media marketing. Uh, my third book was all about social media strategy and ROI called Maximize Your Social. And then just two months ago, really, as we record this, I released The Age of Influence uh, about influencer marketing. And generally speaking, my work and when I speak and when I write a book, it's to serve a need that I believe my clients in the market has. And I think over the last year or two, there's this huge gap in understanding the value that influencer marketing and that influencers can bring to businesses. And I wanted to be the person to sort of redefine, re-educate 
and help move businesses forward there. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So let's talk about this idea of influencer marketing. And I'm interested to hear from you how you define exactly what it is. Yeah. So, you know, influencer marketing really taps into this notion of celebrity endorsements that have been around before the internet, right? Yeah. That if someone, you know, you know, someone that's famous does something and, and they support something, you might want to support it as well. But what's happened with the internet and even more so with social media is that that sort of media influence has been democratized to the point that when I was growing up, we only idolized a few sports stars and, and you know, TV actors and, and Hollywood movie stars. But these days, you know, you ask your kids who influences them and they'll talk about YouTubers, right? Uh, or they'll talk about Instagrammers or in the case of my daughter, she'll, she'll talk about Charlie, a famous TikToker. So th these are sort of the new influencers, but when we break it down, you don't have to have a million followers to have influence because at the end of the day, uh, people, you know, buy from people they know, like, and trust, and they trust recommendations from, from people that they know. And a lot more of those recommendations happen over social media, right? So, you know, influencer marketing at the heart of it is businesses tapping into other social media users who have some influence to help them with their marketing objectives. And what's really interesting is then over the last few years, you, you would think that, you know, influencer marketing is just about Instagrammers and YouTubers and yeah. Snapchatters and TikTokers, but there's B2B influencer marketing, right? You go back to mommy bloggers and blogger outreach. That was influencer marketing. Yeah. If you have a website and someone reaches out to you asking for a link or to write a guest blog post in hopes of getting a link, that is influencer marketing. When you reach out to someone with a bigger audience than yours and you ask to interview them on your podcast or, or I do as well, that's influencer marketing. You're tapping into someone with bigger influence than you in hopes that somehow you're going to get exposure to their network. So actually around us, there's a lot more influencer marketing going on than I think people realize. Even affiliate marketing is a type of influencer marketing. You're tapping into people that have a digital footprint that you think is valuable enough that they'll make sales for you. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, so digital influence is really everywhere. And when you put this all together, you know, the way I look at it, it's like, huh, in the influencer marketing industry, they say, you know, we hear about like micro influencers, right? People that have like 10 to 50,000 followers. And then more recently, they talk about nano influencers, people that have like between 1,000 and 10,000 followers. And you start to look around, it's like, wow, we have employees that have that. Um, we have people following us on Instagram that have that. We have, you know, customers that might have that. And you begin to look around, and you see that really that, that influence is everywhere. And it's, you know, sometimes it's a lot easier to tap into than people might think. So when you think about this idea of an influencer, I think you, you tend to lean towards, as, as you've said there, Neil, people with, you know, large social media followings, um, you know, so it's based on numbers, you know, it's based on, you know, numbers of followers, numbers of likes, engagements, whatever that, that determines influence um, in many people's minds. But is that how, how we measure influence or is it a, is it a different measurement in your mind? Yeah, I think that traditional way of looking at followers is, you know, obviously, if I was to compare someone with a million followers and someone with 50 followers, you would assume the one with a million followers has more influence. But the problem yeah. is, there's a lot of fake influence, right? And then they can have a lot of followers. But if the followers aren't moved to do something, um, that influence has no value. Or if maybe those 
those people have influence because, you know, there's, there's a really famous case study of a female bodybuilder. And I think she's from Australia actually. And, you know, had like a hundred thousand Instagram followers. So a female bikini, like, you know, female swimwear company worked together with them for a campaign and it failed tremendously. The reason being that 90% of that female bodybuilders followers were men, not women. Right. So, you know, you might have influence, but is it the right influence over the right audience? And this is something that, if you're working with someone that you don't know, um, you know, you have to do some legwork. You have to understand why people are following them, uh, what sort of content makes them want to engage with them. So, you know, obviously in terms of scale of influence, number of followers is a convenient way to put people. But on the other hand, you know, in my book, I talk a lot about this, you know, instead of looking at the, the paradigm of number of followers, why don't we look at the paradigm of brand affinity? Because at the end of the day, if these people don't like you, they're not going to work with you anyway. Wouldn't you want to work with someone that already likes, knows, and trusts your brand? And even if they only have 5,000 followers, they may end up getting more engagement and that engagement might have more value than working with someone that has 50, 100, 250,000 followers if they don't know, liking, and trust your brand and if the audience is not right to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's clearly more about there's more value in the ability for the influencer to move someone to take some sort of action rather than just get a message in front of someone's eyeballs, right? Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because a lot of brands have just thrown a lot of money at influencers. And I think over the last few years, they're starting to think, well, what is the value of, of an engagement on, on Instagram? So there, there's definitely brand awareness and sort of inciting word of mouth, but there are other ways of working with influencers, obviously. And, um, you know, some of them might just be actually for content creation, right? Instead of having them just amplify your content, why not leverage them like an in-house content studio? And I, I say this, you know, obviously we have a lot of videographers listening and it, the same goes with photographers. And, and many of them have become very successful by being hired by brands just for their content creation capabilities. Yeah. Why work with an agency or someone that isn't, isn't as uh, as expert because if you're an influencer and you have a community, you've done this through content creation. And if you're on a visual network, like a YouTube or an Instagram, you have some pretty mean skills and you know how to tap into people and how to align messages and images and, and you know moving images with what people are looking for. And I think that's a skill that's in high demand by a lot of brands right now. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're, if you're a business out there and you don't have those skills or, or you're looking to tap into influence, how, how would someone go about it? Like if you haven't done any influencer marketing before as a, as a business, how do you go about defining or finding the right influencers to tap into? I think at first to term, you know, it, it goes into thinking about what is the community you're trying to influence and who do they look up to? Who do they follow? Right. Yeah. And yeah. there are, I mean, you could do customer surveys, it could be just sort of word of mouth when you talk with, talk with customers or if you have salespeople and they talk with customers, you know, what is the content that they're subscribing to? Whose blogs they go to? You know, what Twitter feeds, what Instagram feeds, what YouTube feeds? That, that's obviously a good indication. And, and, you know, another way of doing this is not even asking people, just doing keyword searches. So if I wanted to be influenced on a given subject, I would search for a hashtag on Instagram. I would do a search on YouTube. And I would find people talking about these subjects. So who, you know, who are these people? What sort of subscriber base they have? What sort of engagements are they getting? What sort of content they're putting out? And you can really start with there, right? And, and you can start with just saying, hey, 
you know, our, our business, we'd, we'd love to find a way to collaborate with you. How do you normally work with brands and, and just leave it open-ended um, and see if you can sort of begin conversations with people. That, that's really the easiest way to start, I think. And you talked before about this idea of micro and nano influencers, which I think is really intriguing for me, particularly for a small business, you know, when they're looking at traditional influencers maybe that are valuable to them to their audience but they're thinking we we can't really engage with that type of influencer marketing so how can a smaller business use this this idea of micro or nano influencers to to still have impact on their business yeah i think that you know the problem is when you reach out to celebrities it becomes very transactional yeah and i i think that any business owner would want to build a relationship and really try to convert that influencer into becoming an advocate, right? Where they talk about your brand without your even having to ask them. So that's going to happen more at the micro and nano level. And sure, you're not going to find someone that has a million followers at that level. But if you find a group of the right people, it can have impactful results. And this is what I think we're talking about, not just working with one person, but really creating a program um, of working with several people and trying to create your own little mini army of people. Because what happens, Ben, when you start to work with influencers, it's sort of like a Facebook ad campaign. Every visual is going to give you a different result. Every different target you use, every different pixel you use, gives you a different result. And the same is going to happen with influencers. So unless you start working with them and start to get some data as to how they perform, however you're going to measure them, you're really not going to find the best people. And that's why you want to have a, you know, ideally a program with multiple people and you're probably going to swap people in and out right over time. And that's how over time you build a really optimized program. That's going to help you meet your needs. I'm interested to see where you, where you see the connection or even the line drawn between influencers and say super fans or brand advocates or, um, you know, loyal customers who, uh, spreading word of mouth about your business. Is there a line there or is that still influencer marketing? Yeah, I, I believe that, you know, based on my definition, which is you're leveraging other social media users, right? And some of these social media users have more or less brand affinity with you. And some of them have more of a following or less of a following. And if we look at the brand affinity, then your customers, absolutely, right? Now, yeah. I, I suppose that you could have a super fan as a customer that doesn't have, that's not even at a nano level that can still produce impressive results. So um, that the super fan was, might be an outlier to that based on the number of fans that they have uh, or their social media presence. And I mean, there are influencers like CEOs that aren't even on social media that, that, that still demand tremendous influence, right? So there's a lot of different ways of looking at this. But I think one of the other ways of looking at influence, like I said, not just for that content amplification, but for content creation, and then not just for content creation, but actual like product feedback, right? Yeah. And understanding what works and, and what doesn't work in various communities online. And, and obviously there's a, there's a value of, of a super fan for that. But I, I do believe, you know, in employee advocacy, employees, brand advocacy for customers, I do believe that both of those should be rolled into this sort of program, but really treating them as influencers, not as, well, they're already our customers, give them a 10% referral link and they'll refer customers or their employees, you know, they'll share our content because they work for us. And I think when, when you have the mindset of treating them as if you were treating an influencer, of giving them that same sort of recognition and, and perks, I think that's when it becomes a lot more powerful than what we've seen happen in the past. Yeah, I mean, there's real influence in, in user-generated content, you know, like encouraging your, your fans of your products or your services to, 
to use their content to talk about you and your brand. And that, that's a micro influence moment, right? Is that where you would see it? Yeah. Absolutely. And like I said, um, you know, a lot of brands, if uh, you know, the, the whole background for this, Ben is really the growth of visual in social media, right? Instagram, you know, resurgence or renaissance of YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, where it, it's very, very hard for brands to create the sort of content that influencers create, you know, number one. Um, number two, just organic social media for brands. It's really hard for them to be heard without buying advertising space. And then it looks like an advertising. It's sponsored. It's not as trusted as if someone says, someone talks about it. So, you know, my, my whole view is that, you know, what do people do when they're online? They're either searching, they're on email or text, or they're on social. And if brands really want to participate in social, they need to go through other people and they need to incite word of mouth. And yes, that's exactly what user-generated content does. And sure, getting it from all of your customers is, is a great thing to do. I guess what I'm talking about with influencer marketing is really strategically creating a program to really incite that amongst people that you 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 know that that you're going to invest in that you're going to actually train. Um, you know, some brands I talk to are actually creating programs where they're actually training these nano micro influencers on how to take better photos, how to shoot better video, because they're already fans of the brand. They already have the brand affinity, called super fans if you want. Yeah. Um, but now they want to teach them those other skills so that they become more influential. And when they become more influential, the brand benefits as well. So that's sort of what, what I see happening in the space. The smarter companies are starting to look at it that way and really creating a, a long-term program that says, you know what, for social media, we might continue to do paid advertising, but we're really going to see the results by inciting word of mouth. And we're going to try to, you know, um, get the maximum benefits of doing that, not to, not just by asking people, Hey, hashtag and tag us in your photos, but actually creating a strategic program by picking out people, um, you know, that have brand affinity and, and training them and, and really growing together with them. I love that. It's kind of like strategically building out your influencer army, you know, training them and recruiting them to become your, your influence base. Yeah. I was on a podcast today and that influencer army, that's exactly the, exactly the word that was used there as well. Yeah. That's sort of the idea because, and that was really, you know, when we go back in the history of marketing, you know, when social media just started and wow, my Facebook page gets so much engagement. And I think it was Smartwater. They actually forwarded their URL to their Facebook fan page because it was so viral, but those days are long gone. But we originally thought, you know, we all know that's word of mouth marketing that sells brands, sells products and services we sort of thought that, that that would happen in social media and it, it does still happen. It's just harder and harder and harder and harder for brands to do now, but people are really great at doing it. And if you look at every influencer marketing, you know, case study, it, it happened because other people with, you know, fairly sized communities or, or with influence in those communities was able to really jumpstart that through, through imagery or video or what have you. So we know that that works and brands just need to figure out a way to make it work for them. Yeah. Have you got any examples of people or businesses or brands that are doing this well, this type of influencer army marketing? Um, you know, there's one that I shared actually, you know, Ben, we missed each other in social media marketing world, but there was one uh, watch company. I think they were called Ro either Rosefeld or Rosefield. They're out of the Netherlands. They also have a co-headquarter in, in the United States. And I can only share based on data that I get access to, like case studies that are published by agencies or tools or brands. So there is a case study on this that I got access to and they are doing exactly 
what I talked about of building this, this army of brand ambassadors of, um, you know, going through their email list, going through their customer list, going through their Instagram followers, finding influencers and really making it an open program for people to apply to because they want everybody that, that loves the brand. They want them to be part of it. And they have different tiers of people of how they work with people in, in three different ways from, from content creation to content amplification to pure help us help get other people in, in our community, in our network. Um, but yeah, they're one of the, uh, the case studies that, that I talk about now. And they've also seen some great results that are part of that case study. Um, but, um, you know, in, in increased conversions, increased sales, increased followers, I mean, the whole bit. So I think we're really at the tip of the iceberg because there's still some companies that are still set in sort of, you know, influencer marketing 2016, 2017, just work with celebrities. It's all about how many Instagram likes you get. Um, and, you know, now we see more and more companies, like I said, just starting to really look at this strategically. And a lot of people I talk to in the industry see, see it as sort of like we're at the beginning of it. Maybe it's only been started the last year or two. So I hope there's going to be more case studies of this coming around, but that would be one to look for, for those that were interested. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just quick Google in the Rosefield Watches uh, website that they have very clear way for you just to apply for an influencer marketing internship from anywhere around the world. Um, there you go. There you and go. in fact, you know, while we continue talking here, and I know you're, you're still recording this. I'm actually going to, going to see if I can toss up and give you those exact numbers, which I'm hopefully going to be able to do in a few seconds here. Yeah. Well, what I'm seeing here, um, giving you a monthly allowance of 500 euros on a full-time basis to, um, yeah, just basically, find collaborations and, uh, you know, tap into networks. Yeah. Interesting stuff. We could go down yeah, so the rabbit they, hole here. So they got, um, a 700% increase in monthly impressions, which equaled about 10 million more impressions per month, 113% increase in average monthly traffic from influencers, higher conversion rates from influencers referral traffic by two X, um, 400% increased sales attributed to influencer marketing, 167% return on influencer spend. What's really interesting here, Ben, is that Rosefield, all they provide are, you know, exclusive access to new products and store credit points. There's no money being thrown around here. It's all product, right? Yeah. So um, we do see a lot of companies now when you work at the, you know, nano micro level, of, of you know, product relationships, of, especially at the nano level, of just providing product. Um, in exchange for your know, amplification, especially if they're your fan, they want your product, they're already buying it. So uh, that's another reason why that works. Yeah. Interesting. I'd love to flip the conversation now to talk about the, the creator, the potential influencer, particularly if they are currently some kind of video creator, whether they are building a YouTube channel or um, working on their own content creation for their own brand or personal brand. What sort of what sort of, uh, I guess, direction should people go in if they wanted to start to build influence and to maybe position themselves to be able to uh, work with brands as an influencer, even at the micro level? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's really funny because the influencer marketing industry has been so focused on Instagram, but YouTube is huge. And I think any brand would love to be able to do more on YouTube, as well as the fact that videos do so well on Instagram. Um, TikTok obviously is all video stories and even video ads on Facebook we know do well. So there's plenty, I believe, of opportunities for video creators that are listening. I think it really begins with, um, you know, every influencer is a content creator, 
So there's the need to create content, but the content you create is going to become the magnet. So who are you trying to attract, right? If you want to work with brands in the travel industry, you'll want to make travel videos. If you want to work with, you know, B2B brands, maybe you want to do product reviews. So it's very similar to what you see, you know, lifestyle influencers do on Instagram. It's sort of the same approach because they're, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fashionista or, you know, catch me for, for makeup tips. It's that sort of approach that I think is really well, because then brands find you when they see that you have been, you know, creating videos about a certain topic that you're obviously an expert on. So this might be the challenge um, for, for videographers. It really, like I said, depends on that target user. But I think if you choose something that you're passionate about, that you want to teach others about, and that there are obviously brands that would be interested in you, you'll be able to showcase your skills, obviously your content creation skills, and build a, a community around that subject. I would say that you would want to be focused on first finding what it is that you're passionate about and creating content that is not about, you know, trying to set yourself up as an influencer, but more about building a community, right? Because I think that the wrong way to focus on being an influencer would be on just trying to build influence and not trying to build a genuine, connected, engaged community around you and your passion, your expertise. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, Ben, no, you're right. That, that would be the right priority. I, you know, sometimes I take a very, you know, meat and potatoes, very practical approach. So, you know, um, and you mentioned, you know, super fans, Pat Flynn, and he talks a lot about this on his podcast, which is, you know, what would success look like? So taking that, you know, yes, these are the brands you want to work with, but in order to get there, they want to tap into your community. So you have to build community and you have to continue to create content. And if you're not passionate about something, it's not going to last. So yes, it definitely begins with that passion um, that feeds you because this is a long-term thing. People don't yeah. build influence overnight, right? Yeah. Uh, and what is something that you'd like to talk about on a weekly basis, really, for, for, for a few years? And maybe you don't need to go that long, but that's sort of the approach you need to take. And, and yes, um, you know, the brands want to tap into not necessarily you, although they may want to tap into you for your content creation, but at the end of the day, they want to put their product in front of your community so you need to build that community. Yeah. And as, a, as an influencer working with brands, when you're at that stage, how, how do you think they should balance the, the style and approach of content creation, you know, to, to tie into the way that they would normally be producing content for their audience? Because my feeling would be that you wouldn't want a brand deal, for example, to look and feel very different to what you would normally, what your audience normally comes to you for. Would that be correct in saying that? Yeah. The mistake a lot of influencers make is they'll just take money from anyone. Right. Yeah. And you damage the relationship you have with your community because as an influencer, it should all be about serving your community. That's why you're doing what you do. So the good influencers are able to work with brands while still serving their community. And that's sort of the filter you need to have once brands start to reach out to you does it make, would my community be interested in it? Would, would this serve them? I mean, I do not do lifestyle content. I mean, I do some on my Instagram, but I'm, I'm known more for, you know, B2B and blogging. So um, when a fashion, you know, a, a custom men's suit company reached out to me and offered me, you know, a free suit, if I talk about them in social, it just, it, it was irrelevant to my community. They're not, they're not interested in fashion. So it would make it really, it would make me look really weird if I talked about that. And I know that it wouldn't perform well. 
So I'm doing that brand a disservice as well, and they're not going to work with me again. And this is the, the interesting paradigm in influencer marketing, Ben, is that I don't know how companies pick, pick me. I don't know how they pick me, right? They probably saw my social media profile pics. I have a suit all the time. Um, but sometimes the brands just pick the wrong people, right? Yeah. They pick, pick the wrong people for the wrong reasons, and they set themselves up for disaster. Even if they end up working together, it's just not going to be a success. So, so yeah, I, and I think that a lot of influencers have, have made bad decisions, um, but I, I think it's really the, the role and the responsibility of each influencer to serve their community. And that, that should be the number one, um, thing. And, and if you are getting paid money to serve your community and your community enjoys that content, that's a win, win, win. And that should be the ideal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, influence is about the community and that's what the brand is tapping into through the influencer, but the community is also, connecting to the brand and then making decisions to buy or to take that action because of the connection that they've got with the influencer. And if any one of those kind of threads between those entities breaks, then this whole thing falls apart, right? It's really a connection between those three, those three things. Yep. And that's where you see sort of engagement die off. And that's why you know, we see that getting back to the conversation about nano and micro influencers, they generally have a higher engagement rate because they're locked into a niche. Whereas those macro influencers, those celebrities, they'll, they'll do various brand deals, right? They're, they they want to take advantage of that influence they have and their community gets diluted, right? Because they're, they tend to talk about a, a more broader set of things and work with a more broader set of brands. Yeah, cool. So I'm interested to hear from you where you feel this influencer marketing space is is going. So we've we've come a long way in the last, particularly when we think about social media, digital marketing influence. As you mentioned, influencer marketing in a way has been a thing well before digital. But if we think of digital marketing and influence, where where's this going? Like, uh, is this going to continue to grow and people are going to shift more money away from other types of marketing into influencer marketing? Is it going to reach a peak and then die back? Where do you see this going? I, you know, as as I wrote the book and and realized more and more value and the comparative value, I, I think that it is only going to continue to grow. And I'm not just saying that because I wrote a book. I think those trends, the trends that people trust people more than they trust brands um, the, the trend that organic social, you know, the, the reach for brands continues to be lower and lower, whereas for people, it can be really good. Um, the challenges that brands have to engage with consumers where they're at to be able to create the TikTok videos, the Instagram stories, the YouTube videos, um, and the mistrust of advertising that, you know, brands will shift more and more to paid approach in social media, and it'll be more difficult for them to, to break through. And, and everybody's doing that now. So, you know, a general thing we hear in marketing is that cost of acquisition and social continues to, to increase. So I think that this, you know, having a role of this influencer army uh, is a natural, you know, extension of, of things that, you know, companies should be doing. So when I look at the options you have in digital and social media marketing, you obviously have a website, right? You have uh, a search engine optimization, you know, pay-per-click for, for Google. That's going to continue. You have email marketing, marketing automation. That's going to continue. You have blogging and content marketing. That's going to continue. You have, you know, social media, organic and paid. And the organic, you know, you need to build trust. But the ROI from that is going to be a lot less. You have, you have that paid social, which is still going to be there. And then you have this concept of leveraging other social media users. And I, I believe that that becomes like the sixth sort of pillar 
uh, of digital and social media marketing. And I think companies would be stupid to it, to ignore it and to, you know, invest money in it and really see how things perform there compared to other channels. But even outside of this content amplification, Ben, as far as, you know, content creation of, of using influencers as an in-house content studio, as well as getting feedback uh, on your, you know, on your products, are they aligned with, with communities out there in social media, this, this focus group approach? I think there's tremendous value just from those two things without this, you know, amplification. So I do think that the trend will continue. And I've seen an uptake in B2B influencer marketing. I just talked to an influencer marketing agency this morning. They said they had their best month ever um, in April, even though things died off in March. So I think even with COVID-19, the trend continues and that leveraging other people, you know, in addition to user-generated content is just a great way to humanize your brand. It's hard for brands to do it themselves, but when you use trusted people, that's where a lot of the magic happens. So to me, all the trends point towards more and more intake, but you know, a trend less towards using celebrities, more towards using nano micro influencers and less towards using, you know, talent or, you know, people that you would hire through talent agencies and more of looking for people that have influenced that already have brand affinity for you. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think at the heart of it, I, I think people in business recognize that word of mouth has always been one of the most powerful forms of, of marketing and at, at its heart, influencer marketing is, is word of mouth just scaled up through digital channels. So I think it's, it can't go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. It, it may change its form and it's, it's methods of delivery and methods of content creation, you know, as things like TikTok rise and fall or continue to rise, whatever. Um, I think the, the power of that word of mouth is never going away. Yeah, and that, that's why I think, especially in Asia, Southeast Asia, China, that's, I mean, they are, they are far ahead of even the Western world in terms of leveraging influencers. And when I was in Japan, uh, speaking to a number of small business owners, you know, they didn't, they didn't really get the value of social media. But I'm like, well, we're, you know, how did you get your first customers? And it's always word of mouth, right? Yeah. So they, they don't do organic social, they just work with influencers. And I've seen this in Asia as well. The organic social media presence is very minimal because the budget is really all into working with influencers and getting that word of mouth going for their brand. So um, I, I think from the West, we've approached it the opposite way that, you know, we own the brand, we own the content, we need to have our own robust channels. But then you have startups, and there's been a lot of case studies coming out of Australia, New Zealand, and the startups that go, you know what, we're just going to put 100% of our budget into influencers because it's what works, right? It's what people listen to, especially on platforms like Instagram. So I think the newer sort of growth hacking companies um, realize the benefits and, and the older companies that have invested a lot in other traditional forms of, of digital and social, they're sort of late to the game. Yeah. Super interesting. Hey, just um, to, to wrap up here, as I'm conscious of your time here, Neil, I want to I want you to tell us a bit more about your book. So mid, mid-March 2020, The Age of Influence was was launched. Who's this book for and, and what, what we get out of reading it? Yeah, the book is primarily for marketers, small business owners, entrepreneurs who, you know, may have heard about influencer marketing, trying to realize, trying to really understand why it has value how to do it. Um, it could be, you know, companies that are already doing influencer marketing, but it's really geared towards that marketer, you know, whether you're in-house at a company or working at an agency, small business owner, entrepreneur, really the playbook, you know, the why um, and the how 
and you know how to how to measure your success and how to optimize it over time. So there is a chapter at the end. Well, there's actually two chapters on sort of you know once you start working with influencers as a business, you realize that the more influence your business has online, the easier for you it becomes to work with influencers. It's sort of a weird concept, but I think when you read the book, you understand. And there's also a chapter you know that talks about what we talked about. You know, if you're reading this, you may want to become an influencer yourself. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I wrote the book was I was uh, speaking at a uh, MBA class at USC here in LA. And the questions I got asked after I was speaking when I covered the entire spectrum of digital and social was not just about influencer marketing, but these people were also like, how do I become an influencer? Right? you know, my friend is making a thousand dollars per post. How do I do that? So I know that there are a lot of people out there that, that want to become influencers, but it, it's not a book that's geared solely at how do I become an influencer? It's really looking at it from the, the marketing and business perspective. But if you were to reverse engineer that, I think you would also find the answer of how to yield more influence. Awesome. Neil Schaefer, your book is The Age of Influence. I assume we can get it wherever books can be got. Would that be right? Indeed. Fantastic. Yeah, indeed. And uh, you're also your podcast, Maximize Your Social Influence, is definitely worth listening if people are into podcasts. So check that out as well. Neil, any other places that you want to send people to go and find out more about you and connect further to what you've got going on? Well, I'm Neil Schaefer everywhere on social media, N-E-A-L-S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. And I'm also at neilschafer.com. And my latest episode that actually dropped today, Ben, on Maximize Your Social Influence, number 159, is me actually reading the uh, introduction, table of contents, and chapter one of the book. So if you want to get a feel for what the book's like, give it a listen. Excellent. Well, we'll have links to that and everything else in the show notes page for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 145. So I'm just a bit behind you in the episode numbers there by the sounds of it, Neil. Um, thanks for joining me for this. This has been a really interesting chat that has opened my eyes a bit more to, to the power of influence and influencer marketing today and hopefully our listeners too. I appreciate that, Ben. It's something that a lot of people really aren't talking about in this way. So I hope this incites, uh, you know, word of mouth about this concept of influence and the power it can have for everybody listening. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining me, Neil. Thank you, Ben. All right, guys, I hope you got as much value out of that episode as I did bringing it to you. I really enjoyed my chat with Neil and look forward to maybe getting him on the show again very soon. And I'd encourage you to head on over and grab a copy of his book, The Age of Influence. The links to that will be on the show notes page at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 145, episode 145. And once again, like I said at the outset of this show, I'm on a bit of a push to get some more ratings and reviews over on the Apple Podcast Store. So if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to head on over and please leave me a quick rating and a review on the Apple Podcast Store. You can do that quickly at engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes. Just head there, follow the links and leave that review. You are awesome. I appreciate you so much. And I look forward to coming back to you next week with another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Don't forget that $1 trial of the Engage Video Marketing Academy at engagevideomarketing.com slash academy trial. That's enough links to be throwing at you for one episode. Uh, thanks again for listening. You're awesome. I love you. Appreciate you. And I will see you next episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>